This message was brought to you by Christian Service. finds you well all across this great planet we call earth today i am with a great group of panelists co-hosts depending on how you look at it and we have a very exciting podcast for you today as we do all the time i hope you find it exciting as you've been joining us and by the way shout out to any of you who've been with us from the very beginning if you've been with us from that first one that we did and you heard the sound of the fireplace in the background and you stuck with us i mean you deserve a fancy file podcast no price so you just you just write in and you let us know i've been there from the beginning what's my prize and you get the no price and you'll probably be very disappointed but we'll shout out to you in in the podcast itself now you might be asking maybe it's your first time what is the fancy file podcast it's in the name it's a podcast the greatest underground podcast that most people will never listen to. But that's okay. That's okay. For those of you who listen, we love you. We appreciate you. Before we get in and I introduce the group of panelists that we have today, first of all, I would like you to go on Facebook. And we actually have two pages that you can like and subscribe to and click the notification button. First of all, Christian Service. That is the ministry that overlooks the fancy files. Uh, so just go on there and, and you're like, well, what is Christian Service? Again, it's in the name. We're Christians who like to have service. Whether we're doing it in someone's basement or we rent in a room, we're having service. We're worshiping God. Uh, so Christian service. And you're like, well, what kind of name is Christian service? Well, actually, uh, when, when we kind of had started this, somebody, <clears throat> Mick, wrote out a, like a flyer and put like, we're going to have a Christian service. I'm like, there's the name. Christian service. Why not? Uh, so that's that's where it came from. And then go on the Fancy File podcast or Fancy Files. Yeah, that's correct. Fancy Files. Good. And just like and subscribe there on Facebook so that you can get all the information. Basically just us telling you when we've uploaded a new podcast. But you know what? We're going to hopefully get someone really involved in the social media aspect. And don't forget, if you enjoy the Fancy Files podcast, follow us on YouTube. We do have other content that we definitely believe you'll enjoy. We have some sermons that we've recorded in one playlist. We have uh, another set of videos called Mix Block, which are quick five-minute devos. They're targeted towards the youngsters, but people of all ages will, of course, enjoy them. Wait, that was targeted towards youngsters? Well, I thought it was targeted towards me. Oh. Some parts. The uh, young the and me, the young at heart. Me tumbling down the stairs. That was all Greg. Now, let me tell you something, folks. Okay. <laughs> If you first of all, if you want to know what Mick looks like, go check that out. Second, if you want to see a grown adult throw himself down a flight of stairs, you gotta go check this out. It is incredible, it is amazing, it will encourage you, it'll get you out of bed in the morning. Mick oh. does his own stunts, by the way. He does. He's still recovering from that one, which was done two years ago. Yes. The key word is recovering. 
Yeah, it's a process. It's a process. He's not recovered yet. So, yes, uh, as Ezra said, you could follow us on different platforms. Uh, Google Podcasts, I think we have it. Uh, we're also uh, on Spotify, iTunes. Yep. Uh, there's, podcasts, yeah. there's a bunch of places. And you know what? We should probably announce that on both Christian Service and Fancy Files page. So, and YouTube, if you like to listen to it the old-fashioned way, pull it up on the computer. Why not? So, I have today with me, to my left and your left on the radio dial, it's the marvelous Mick. Mighty Mick! Mick Stars! Hello. How are you? Always excited to share a room with Gregorium Stadium. That's the first. <laughs> I like that. Did you just make that up? I just did. That's good. You're quick. Quick on your feet. Yes. Sitting yes. down. Yeah, sitting down, mostly. It's mostly sitting down, which is the greatest thing you can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And driving, I guess. Yes. And you know what? Eating hoagies. Do you like hoagies? Hoagies. Hoagies. Explain hoagies. Really. Hoagies. Uh, they're like hot dogs. Like pogos? Mm, no, hoagies. <laughs> not pogos. Okay. Pogos are pretty good, but they're not hoagies. How about corn dogs? Oh, the sweet ones? Yeah. Yeah, they're great. I went through an entire box of 48 corn dogs once. You should see the look on his face. He is lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, this is the greatest moment of my life. I never get to share about things like this because, you know, it's I guess it's shameful on a public level, but uh, we're among friends and family here, so uh, we're good. Very good. Speaking of family, shout out to my mom once again. I know you're listening. Thanks, Mom. Hi, Greg's mom. Number one fan. Uh, and, and by the way, I want to say this. If you would like us to shout yourself out or give a shout out to your mom, uh, just send us a message through the Fancy File page. Uh, or through Christian service, be like, I would like you to shout us out. And we will. You can say where you're from, your name, and we'll do it. And we'd love to do that. We'd love to let the listening audience know where the listeners are listening from. Second, straight ahead for me and to mix left, we have Rexy. Don't call me the Ezrasaurus Rex. Hey, how's it going? I'm alive and I'm thriving. How are you? It's always a good day when I get to uh, record podcasts with Gregory the Great. Oh, goodness. It's Don't good. build me up too much. You're going to disappoint the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and we would like to say thank you to Rexy for all the work he does in recording and editing the podcast. We very much appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And then straight for me, straight for Ezra, straight for Mick, looking at the Melanie. Hello. I need to say hi yet. Sorry. She just jumps in. What is this? No, I'm kidding. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm happy to be here with everyone. Excellent. Is there like some special timbit you'd like to tell the audience? Is there a shout out? You want um, to shout out someone's mom? It's funny because one time I listened to the podcast and you said, if you want us to shout you out, just let us know. And I was like, please shout me out, but I'm on the podcast. so. Well, shout out to Melanie, <laughs> who's on the podcast. That's it. If you <laughs> ask us to shout you out, you might end up being on the podcast. We decided... <laughs> Why don't we bring the listening audience in? <laughs> Everyone who listens can now be a part of the podcast. So funny. Well, I hope that uh, those of you who listen are enjoying it and that it's an encouragement to you. It's a great encouragement. And hopefully, uh, and we had just finished a very long series. We went through identity. <laughs> yep, 11 parts. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, if you're wondering, that is how we do Bible study together. We get together and we just like dive in the word and sometimes we spend weeks on a topic. We did the whole book of Revelation together. It took almost two years. 
Yeah. Just not in a podcast form. If you're like, where is that? It's not out there. This is what we did amongst ourselves. And uh, and so, yeah, we're bringing like our little Bible study world to you to help you in your walk. And that's the whole point of this. If you're wondering, well, what is the point of this? You know, maybe some people listen for like the first 10 minutes and it's like, it's just laughter. Sure. <laughs> you know, some Christians don't like laughter. That's That's not good. No laughing. And I understand like there is verses that talk about inappropriate humor and that's not what we're trying to do but i guess some christians take the whole humor part they ignore the inappropriate part mm, they do yeah. like no laughing no see churches aren't aren't vulcan we're, we're allowed to express emotions what if the church is from the town of vulcan mm. we'll have to survey them and get back to you to find out if these people have emotions yeah. shout out to vulcan if you're from vulcan shout out to you and you're listening fantastic and and then, but then you sometimes you'll have other Christians where they don't like anything serious. It's just all jokes. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? This podcast is a pot of sweet and sour. We get, you know, the the jokes. So says you. <laughs> and we get the serious the meat. stuff. Yeah. We like giving the meat, and we like having a good time. And this is how we we conduct ourselves. We we like to have a good time, obviously within appropriate reasons. And of course. Uh, but we also like to get in the word, and when we're in the word, we're very serious. And when we're just talking about life, we like to have a good time. We don't even have to try; it's always a good time. Some people have to try. <laughs> That's fair. Who could that person be? It's not you. <laughs> it's because I was gonna sing a song, but right in on the podcast. Yeah, do not break it. No, it's not podcast musical. That's not what we're doing here. Okay, so we're going to be starting a, a brand new series today, uh, and we're going to be going through, actually, it's only two verses that we wanted to do, and I felt that uh, in prayer, this is what was impressed in my mind. Uh, so if you're wondering, how do we decide what we do? It's just kind of like, sometimes suggestions are made uh, among the group. Uh, sometimes when I'm praying, I will sense we should go in this direction, and then it ends up kind of like how we see how it flows from different podcasts. It kind of seems to all flow together. And that God is trying to uh, to tell us something, so uh, that is positive. But so what we're doing is we're going through uh, Romans twelve. We're going to be reading verses one and two, and that's that's all we're going to do for this specific uh, topic. And I kind of believe it it flows a bit from from where we were the last time, so it can help us, I think, and help Christians because this look we need we need God's help, we need God's leading, we need God's direction, and. The big question, how do we live for God? Mm. And there's so much of the Bible that is given in the New Testament that is given over to doctrine, and that's very important, but also the practical side. And often you'll see in the letters, you'll see some parts are given the doctrine and the other parts on how do we live for God? How do we conduct ourselves? What does that look like? Uh, so, so I think it's important for us to dive in and to look at that because unfortunately in some circles today, not in all, in some, you can get away from, from that and and maybe as time has gone on, some Christians are, are more struggling with that and, and have deeper struggles than they used to. So I feel that, you know, after what we, we'd gone through, we dealt with, you know, dealing with anxiety. Uh, we, we dealt with identity. And I think this would be uh, an appropriate flow from that on looking at scriptures, on, on how to live for God, how to get victory in our lives. Uh, and how to really change. Because that question is brought up. How can I get victory? And obviously that's a lifelong process of sanctification that a Christian will go through. It doesn't just happen overnight. 
But victory is promised. Victory is assured because God says so. I just like that whole thing. I believe it because God said so. And um, well, the Bible said it and that settles it. And I know some people don't like that saying. If you don't like it, that's fine. I'm not going to debate. But I think for us as Christians, we do need, there's truth there. Well, the Bible says it as in this is God's word. This is God speaking to us. And if he's telling us something, we should look in and dive in and, 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 and see what, what that, what it is that he, that he says. So we're going to, I'm going to get Mick uh, to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mick, read us the verses. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I am reading from the New King James. Amen. Oh, wow. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Amen. Was that fun? It was a bit of a mouthful. So as I go through this, to my co-host panelists, uh, please feel free if you want to jump in and share. Uh, obviously, we'd love for that. I, there's going to be some questions I have for you guys. Uh, so prepare yourselves. Uh, and I would like to say this. For those of you who are listening, if something we say, because sometimes we fumble over our words. We're not pastors. We're not scholars. We're just Christians, lay, lay, lay persons, is well, that what you want to call? We're amateur scholars. I'd say we're, we're students. We're amateur scholars. <laughs> we're students of the word. Amateur as in not professional. No, yeah. But I, do you consider yourself a scholar? Of course. Okay. So we got the amateur scholar, <laughs> and then we have the Bible students, and then we have Steel Man, the Mick. Thank you. He's wearing a steel hat. Uh, that is not, by the way, a shout out to Steel in Hashtag that. not sponsored. Yeah, we're not sponsored by them. He's just wearing his hat. But we could be. <laughs> Going off course. Okay. Yeah, so what I'll say, if, if something we say, you have a question on it, you need clarity, maybe we, we misspoke. Because sometimes I listen and I'm, I re-listen to the podcast and I'm like, uh-oh, that's not what I meant to say. And I'm like, uh, maybe some people are confused on what I was trying to say. But if you have a question or clarity... Feel free to write in uh, through the Fancy Files Facebook page or Christian Service Facebook page. And if we actually get enough questions, we could do an entire podcast based on the questions that are given. So just so you know, uh, we love interaction. Uh, and obviously, show like if you're just writing and yelling at us, and it's going like, well, you know, show obviously grace and kindness. That's, that's what we ask. Uh, okay, so as we're going to be going through this, uh, there's actually a lot of powerful truth in these verses, as in any verse of the Bible. And these two verses, Dave, these are verses that have spoken to me uh, for many years. And I always, I've preached on this, uh, not necessarily like as a pastor, but I've I've preached in, in youth of conference, not conferences, but like a youth event. I know for me, these verses mean a lot. Maybe for you that you've read it. I want to, right away as we jump into this, Paul writing, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I'm reading from the, from the King James. As we jump into this, this section, and remembering what was written before, not that we had studied this, but if you've read through Romans, you know, in the first eight, verse, the first eight chapters sorry, of Romans, you have deep theology, you have the gospel, you have justification, you know, Paul explaining what is sin, 
how all is condemned, uh, regardless if they're Jewish or they're not Jewish, that everyone is condemned and is guilty before God. And we get the great biblical truths of, of how we're saved, saved by faith, justification, how the gospel works, how there's no condemnation. And then in, in, in 9 to 11, you get Paul addressing the whole Israel situation. And then as we get into 12, and then the really the rest of Romans, you do get, okay, how do we live therefore now being justified by faith being being and and for us as christians that is the question that we're going to ask quite often how do we live for god and what does that look like and so the first thing it's interesting that he says i beseech you therefore brother i remember we used to have a, a, a pastor at a former church that would that you know when you say when you see the word therefore ask what it's there for and it's interesting that he starts with the word beseech 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 he doesn't come out with like I'm commanding you, but he comes out with that word like he could have come out with command, but he comes out with like I'm I'm begging you, I'm begging you listen listen to this because what he's saying is so important for us as Christians on how we live for God how we overcome then that yes obviously Paul could have said like this is a command but why is he going in that way more of like I'm beseeching you. And I, I was reading a commentary where it talked about, you know, under the law, there's commands. But in the New Testament, it's, it's beseech. And, and I find that's not that there isn't commands in the New Testament, obviously is. But it's a different, almost like a different way for, for us as looking at it. Because as a Christian, our relationship with God is different than, say, under the Old Testament. Uh, that the, the, you know, the new covenant. Now we're in, like, God is our father. We can say that intimately. Abba, Father, we cry out. And he's given us a new nature. He's changed our hearts. He's changed our desires. We're born again. The spirit comes within us and is here to stay. And so us as Christians, it's different than like, say like, I'm commanding you to do this. It's, it's like, look, you're in relationship with God. It should be that you want to live for him. That there shouldn't always have to be like, we're commanding you to do this, so to speak, like you're in, like in the army, even though there is scriptures that talk about how we're in the army of the Lord. And there is, you know, the implications that there are commands. So we're not denying that, but it's, it's, it's different. And so for us as Christians, that interaction we have with the word, with, with the father, it's, it's totally different. You know, it's not like you're going to work. And your boss is giving you orders and you're following those orders. No, you're in it's you're at home and your dad comes to you and he asks you to do something. No, he's asking you. He wants you to do it. But does your dad come and say, I command you to do this, son or daughter? Go do the dishes. I command you. No, it's like, can you do the dishes? And I know sometimes we don't listen. And then it's like, please, I asked you to do the dishes. But he doesn't come to you like a boss. He comes to you like a father. It's a different relationship. You're at home. You're, or if you know, if you're married, and then your your husband or your wife is like, "Can you can you do this for me? Can you go get the laundry?" The the wife isn't going to turn around and, and like, "I command you to get the laundry." That would that would kind of be a little weird, <laughs> right? Unless there's something going on there that you guys have set up. I don't know, but the reality is that that's not what takes place. So, can you get the laundry for me? Please. And then what? You get up and you go get the laundry or whatever it is. Why? Because you love that person. 
you care for that person. So I like how you kind of see that. I beseech you. I beg of you. I implore of you. Okay. I don't have to. I don't have to command you. Because you're in relationship with God. This should be something that will automatically flow out of your life. Wanting to do the will of God. So right away, if there is no desire for you to want to do the will of God, and it has to come from a place that I need to be commanded, then the question you should ask is, am I in relationship with God? Do I know him? Is he really my father? Because if you're reading the New Testament, and really even the Old Testament, and you come across and you look at these things as burdensome, as heavy, and obviously there's going to be obviously heaviness in the Word of God. But if you're looking at it like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do this. It's like, well, there's something wrong there. Because for me as a Christian, even in the Old Testament, like you kind of see what, what, what Paul says, uh, you know, like there was a love, there was a desire for him to want to follow the commands of God. And I think for a, tr- a true Christian will sense that. The desire is there. You read the commands like, I want to do this because you love the Father. He's giving you new motives and desires. Just like when a man loves a woman, he's going to want to serve that woman. He's going to want to cherish that woman because he cares about her. Mm. You know, It's not some weird command. She's the boss. Some people joke about that, but... Reality, like she's the boss or you're in the army and, and you've been ordered to do this so you better obey or you're kicked out. Hmm. That's, that's not how that works for us as, as, as Christians. 100%. And you can even see this throughout the narrative of the Bible, right? It is, it's, it's often criticized of the Bible where people say, well, look, you see that you know, God changes in the Bible. Look how he's talking to Israel in the Old Testament, and now look what he's saying in the New Testament. It's not the same. And I would beg to differ, right? Like, although, yes, God is always loving, that's always present throughout the Bible, I do agree with what you're saying, where there is a very clear change in relationship when you look at Israel and you look at the church. Uh, When you look at the way God speaks to Israel— Although it's full of love and, hey, you are my children, it is very much a uh, master-servant relationship. He does frequently use the illusion of, hey, you know, you are my, you know, my beloved. I, uh, I have adopted you. I pulled you out of the mire. You are my daughter, O Israel, O Judah. But you can see, as you mentioned before, there are very clear commands. I'm your master. You are my servant. I bought you out of the hand of Egypt. You are now my servants. And although, yes, that language is also used in regards to the church, more often than not, as you, again, as you mentioned, uh, there is language of, I am your heavenly father. You are my adopted children. You have been adopted into my family by this new covenant. And we are the bride of Christ. So there is a change in the nature of the relationship between God and Israel and God and the church. It's just a change of like the nature of the relationship, not that God himself changes. Well, wasn't there at one point, though, like God did refer to Israel as his bride, though? 
it's possible, no, but I can't remember all. Yeah, th- that he did. I and I, I see what you're saying. I would say more that the change comes from like within. No, of course. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Okay, it, it's the nature of the relationship rather than God Himself changing is what I was trying to get across. Excellent, understood, Mickey boy. Well, I think we see that right with we saw it physically when the veil was torn uh, in the temple, and mm-hmm. I think that that separation, that barrier, that was necessary in that relationship. Uh, I think only through Christ is it uh, well torn, we're able to approach the Father which wasn't the case. And so that it opens the door for for beseeching, if that makes sense, uh, for that exhorting and compelling and encouraging um, because we already have attained, in a sense, what it is that we have to attain. And so we are being encouraged to continue those ways and to take up our crosses and go, um, as opposed to, keep working to attain so we we work from a place of love not from um a place of work in order to gain Mm. love yeah Mm -hmm. good point i like that so as we go into what paul's about to say and, and really i if you're listening to this i would encourage you to read like really from romans 12 and on don't just stop with with what we're we're sharing because we're really getting you know, how is the gospel applied and lived out in our lives? Okay. And then we start off here with the foundation of practical Christianity, and that's consecration. Now, is that something that's important to you, to you, to the listener? Consecration. Is that something that you read about, that you hear about in, in your church circles? And I know from the movement that we are associated with that for, for many years that was, that was taught uh, not saying it's not taught today, but that has always been something that has been taught uh, in the Pentecostal movement to be consecrated unto the Lord. Mm. And now, unfortunately, sometimes it can go into legalism. So people would hear things like that and they get freaked out. But just because some people go astray or get off base does not mean that what is being said is error. It's not. Yes, the enemy can take it, twist it, people take it, twist it, but that does not mean that what is being taught here is wrong just because you, people don't know or misapply it. And and Paul in his beseeching he's telling us, "Look, if if you do this, if you beseech, <laughs> if you listen to what he's saying, Thing, things will go well. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but this is the road that God desires for us to walk. Mm. Yet if we don't b- listen to the beseeching, then we set ourselves up for trouble. We set ourselves up for destruction. And look, life is already hard as it is. We're living in uncertain times. Okay, we've gone through two years of this pandemic and I don't know what country you're listening from. I don't know what the response has been in your country. Uh, but without mentioning specific country names, we know that there are some countries that have responded in ways that have been heavier and harsher than others. And that has felt very oppressive. For People have felt oppressed and have been very discouraged. Or, or maybe you have lived in an area where uh, the health system isn't that great. 
So a lot more people are are dying when when they wouldn't have in say another country, and you're seeing that, and that death uh, is overwhelming you. And then we see you know the the unrest in countries that we've seen happen the past two years, wars that have broken out. It's a scary time, and a life on its own without all this is rough. Never mind all this, and the fact that we are uh, in the world today probably. You know, so many people are dealing with anxiety, and this could be a t- like a time where this could be the most anxious period. I, I'm not saying it well, but how people are like responding, and there's more anxiety and more. You know, not saying that mental health was never a problem in the past, but now we're talking about it more, so we're more aware of it. And a lot of people who maybe before were more mentally, you know, stronger are struggling. So that's just day-to-day life. And if we're not following what the Word of God is saying, then on top of all those struggles, we're just going to put ourselves in an even worse situation. Mm. All right. Now, I want to look at that constant consecration part. <laughs> consecration. We have a English professor. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> Anytime. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now that even goes that goes deeper in this Paul kind of pleading with us is and I like the mercies of God, the compassion of God. See, what Paul is saying obviously is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that means that you know this is God breathing through him what is being written out here, scripture. If you're unaware of this, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. It doesn't just contain the word of God. It is the word of God. And that every word, you know, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word which proceeded out of the mouth of God. And I believe that every word that we have is inspired and has been put there by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just some random word that was placed there and God's like, well, 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 well. No, it was specifically ordained that those words would be there. And so the fact that we see that God is saying by the Paul is writing through by the Holy Spirit, by the mercies of God, by the compassion, the tender compassion of God. God isn't coming to us here with like an exhortation and anger. You better listen. No, he's coming in compassion. He wants us as Christians to succeed in our walks. He cares about your walk. Because God cares about you. He doesn't want us to fail. But he knows that we're, we will fail. And the thing is, like, I think a lot of Christians have this idea that if we do fail, that, you know, God is like an angry overlord. And again, that could be the, like if you have a legalistic view of God. No, he comes with tender mercies, with compassion. He wants you to succeed as a believer. He comes to you as a loving, caring father. That as a loving father who sees maybe his son or daughter might be struggling, comes alongside of them. And again, not with, you better listen to what I say. And and maybe sometimes as parents, we can come across that way. But in reality, what is the motive behind it? Unless there's something just wrong with the way you do parenting. But what is the motive behind it? The motive behind it is that, no, 
I love my child. I want my child to do well. And the father comes with that tender mercy, with that compassion. Look, I want you to succeed as a believer. I want you to overcome as a believer. And I'm going to give you something right here that if you do this, you will succeed. You will be, and now if you hear that word succeed, what does that mean? It means you're going to be an overcoming Christian. That you're going to walk in victory. That you're going to be successful in your walk with the Lord. And, and I know people hear that. Sometimes I think money. No, we're not talking about money. We're not talking about you going to university and getting a degree. Or, or whatever, and getting a good job. No, we're talking about as a Christian that you can succeed in your walk with the Lord. That you can be victorious. Mm-hmm. That you can be an overcomer. Isn't that the cry of every Christian's heart? Every man and woman of God across this planet, isn't that the cry throughout the ages that I want to be all I can be for Jesus Christ? That I want to live as close as I can to Jesus Christ? That I want to represent Jesus Christ? That I want to preach the gospel and that when people see it, they will see that I am a believer and that Jesus is in me. And that all that sin that I struggle with, I want it gone. That is the cry of every true believer of God. Even if you've been bound for years, and you've been in the pit and the mire of, of sin and despair. Yet deep down inside, there's still that cry. I want out. Mm-hmm. I want to be free. You have the tender mercy of God that comes alongside and says, I want you to be free as well. Not, oh, I warned you and, and you're exactly where you deserve to be. We probably all know people who do that. You got your comeuppance. Karma. You got what you deserved. Maybe we've even thought like that. If you did, don't don't admit it. But that's that's being that's human. That person got what he deserves. And we'll say that to people we care about. This is not just like, you know, people who are living wickedly and it's like, well, they got caught. Good. No, we it's like, well, I warned him, I warned him, and he didn't listen, and this is exactly what he deserves. Imagine if God dealt with us that way. Just ponder that thought for a second. If God dealt with you the way sometimes we deal with other people, by the end of the week, we'd be done. Probably and and that, that's being really kind. Yep. No, God comes with mercy. God comes with grace. When you start almost every letter in the New Testament, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Why does Paul write that? Is he just writing something? No. This is the position that we as Christians are in from the Father. God deals with us in grace. God deals with us in mercy. God deals with us in kindness. And if you believe he doesn't, you've believed a lie. Or, and it still would follow with the lie, you're in error. The enemy has tricked you. You're following a false god. So don't look at the scriptures and say, that doesn't apply to me. That applies to you. If you're a born-again child of God, because he's saying, I beseech you, brethren, brethren, brothers. Applies to the ladies as well. The men can be the bride of Christ. The ladies can be the brethren. The family of God, the Father deals with us with tender mercies. I think a lot of people have an issue when people say God the Father, God is your heavenly Father, and associating God the Father 
with loving, tender mercy and grace, oftentimes because our own earthly fathers were not so tender and not so full of mercy and grace. And so they associate God the Father with their earthly fathers. And rightly so, they they have this indignation towards the term father because of how they were mistreated. And I just want to let you know, if that's you, you need to recognize that God is the template. He's not, he's not a copy. God is the template of fatherhood. He comes with tender, loving mercy, and he calls fathers to come in the same way. He's not saying, yeah, like that father person, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like that. No, he's calling fathers to be like him. So if you struggle with... Uh, an absent father, or an abusive father, or just a father who is very rude and not full of kindness and love and mercy, please understand, God is not like that. God calls your father to be full of love and mercy, and it's in his disobedience that he is acting that way. So I call you, please don't associate that roughness if this is you, I don't call that roughness and attach it to God the Father, because God is full of love. He is full of mercy and calls all fathers to replicate his behavior, not the other way around. Yeah, and, and I want to, just to add to that, uh, not that I know people personally, but I've heard testimonies of individuals who, when they became a Christian, they, they really struggled with God the Father that aspect that he's a loving father and and the Holy Spirit needed to do a deep work in that person or, or people. Cause I've heard multiple testimonies where uh, the Lord helped them. So if you are listening to this, believe that the Lord can help you uh, to, to have that scriptural view of what it means to be a father and not a worldly or temporal view. And I mean, even if your dad was great, um, yeah. God is still so much greater. Amen. So I, th- I think in this, in the same vein as we shouldn't try to picture God as our father on earth, we probably shouldn't put him in a box of how great our dad was. Um, you know, my dad never sent me to pay for the sins uh, of his creation, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, fatherhood, especially biblical fatherhood, is a strange beast. Yeah, 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 that's a very good point. Um. I think, well, I have it on my heart to share the definition of mercy and of grace because I've been doing this really good study with a really good friend, Robin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, and it defines the attributes of God. And so mercy is when God gives us what we don't deserve. Am I correct? Yeah. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Okay, wait, okay. Yeah. So, um... So mercy is God not giving us what we what we deserve, which is hell. He doesn't give us that. And then grace is when he doesn't give when he gives us what we do not deserve. Okay. Bingo. Awesome. Thank you. I have a really good group of friends. They help me out because they can get confusing. But um yeah, I the think the friends are the doctrine. <laughs> Both. Both are really good. No, you said they could get confusing. Who can? Oh. The doctrine or the friends? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the friends are not confusing. And the doctrine. Either. Sometimes they can be confused, though. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Continue. Um, so, yeah. So, I think um, I like that the word mercy is being used. 
because it shows that God really, really cares for us. And he is, uh, he's just such a loving father that, um, we, we all like deserve wrath and we all deserve to go to hell, but he, he spared us because of his son. And so when we understand what comes behind the mercies of God, because he's given up himself, because Jesus has given up himself for us, he's calling us to do the same. And so that's why it talks about becoming a living sacrifice. Um, Because of what we've received, we have to also give that to Christ. And also when Paul talks about like sharing in the sufferings of Christ, he also talks about that. And so, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Now, what is God and Paul, what are they beseeching us by their tender mercies, by God's tender mercies to do? And as we read before, and as Melanie just said, that we would present our bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Present our bodies to God as living sacrifices. Okay, so we hear that sacrifice, and that's probably going to, if you've, if you've studied the Bible, that's, and, and if you haven't, then we're still going to share this, Old Testament. In Old Testament times, that in Israel, they would bring sacrifices before the Lord on, on an altar, uh, whether it's, a, and there were different types of sacrifices, sacrifices for sin, trespass offerings, uh, and, and sometimes just, just an offering they would bring them, themselves. Uh, uh, certain times a year, they, they would do that, and so they would bring, and when you would do that, what would happen? That offering was given completely to God. Okay, and then the whole, you know, you would read in the Old Testament, some parts of it were given to the priests and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but I don't want to focus on that too much. But that idea that when you're bringing a sacrifice uh, to the altar and you're giving that offering to God, it's given completely. You're not going back for it. And so for us as Christians, when we're seeing that God is calling us to present our bodies as, as, as living sacrifices, we are to give ourselves wholly and completely unto Jesus Christ. Okay? That means we can't give a half-hearted devotion. We cannot give to him a half-hearted devotion. He either has us all or he doesn't have any of it. And you know, I would hear preachers say, like, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And and I know some people, oh, wait a second, God is always Lord. Yes, I know that. But Jesus does warn us, there's going to be many who say, Lord, Lord. And on that day, Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. So if we're going to call him Lord, and yet we're not giving him everything, then is he really Lord of your life? If you're going to say, yes, I'm a living sacrifice, but he doesn't have everything. Again, remember, when the sacrifice was given, it was not taken back. It was not taken back. It was given to the Lord, and there it stayed. Now, I know, oh, but, but Greg, I struggle. I know that. It's a sanctification process. Don't be, the, I'm not telling you, if you're not sinlessly perf- perfect, that's it. It's over. That's not what I'm saying. But where's your heart in this? Is your heart totally for Jesus Christ? Or is there some part of you that's not for Jesus Christ? And that's where you have to look in your life. That's why Paul is beseeching you by God's tender mercy. 
Come on, guys. Come on, brothers and sisters. You see, if if you have an, an idea that doctrinally, once you get saved, no more sin, no more struggle, uh, you know, you've been given, you're given yourself over as a sacrifice to God, and that's it. You'll never struggle. Then who's he writing this to? Whoa, man. He's writing to brethren he's writing to christians the fact that he needs to beseech you means that as christians we will struggle giving ourselves as a living sacrifice yes that's good yeah all of us this is going to be a lifelong battle but where's your heart at though is your heart's desire really for him then if it's not then you need to, to fix it that's why he comes with tender mercy and compassion and beseeches us. Because this isn't necessarily something that you can command on somebody. Mm. Because it's not some rigid command. Sacrifice yourself. No. This is a free offering that we give as a believer to be a living sacrifice before God. Because what does God want? When you read in the Old Testament, even with the sacrifice, even when he did command him to give sacrifices... At some point, and I think it might have been Isaiah, so forgive me if I'm off, but I know it was in the Old Testament. He was so fed up of their sacrifices. Why? Because their heart wasn't there. They were just doing it. It really meant nothing to them. And he's like, your sacrifices, away with, I don't want it. Because their heart, it wasn't an act of worship to God. He wants you to willingly give yourself up to him. He wants you to do it in a heart of worship because you love him and he's worthy, not because you were commanded to in a sense of like, oh, I better do this. No. He wants you to say, I want to do this. Yeah. And I think a perfect example of this was Paul himself. He was part of the Pharisees. And we often forget that Paul himself was a Pharisee which means he had a position of influence. He probably had great wealth. He probably had a spouse, even. And all of those things he gave up to serve Christ. When he had that encounter with Christ, his whole life changed. He gave up his influence in, in the, the pharisaical group. He gave up his spouse, because we see in, in later, in later uh, books that he wrote... He was alone, so it is not hard to believe that his spouse left him because of Christ. Now, that's not... That's debated, but... Yeah, it's debated, yeah. so don't, don't take my word for it, but there is a lot of evidence to suggest that it's possible. So, But he, he gave up, for sure, his influence as a Pharisee and his wealth as a Pharisee because of his, uh, his love and his passion for Christ. So it's not hard to believe at all that Paul is not saying this, oh, this is a rule for you, but not for me. Like, he lived this out. Yeah. And it changed his life for the better. For and it will sure. change your life if you, if you do this as of well. Of course. Yeah. But all this to say, this isn't coming from a perspective of, oh, rules for thee and not for me, Paul. It's like, no, Paul was living this out. He lived this out in prison. And then, of course, he lived it all the way up to his execution. 
Paul was living this out. He was a good example of what he was preaching. Mickey. Yeah, I really like this idea of living sacrifice because I think we always, well, not us, but I think culturally there is this desire to to separate the Bible in parts and to let some parts behind. And the idea that Old Testament is brought up constantly is a good reminder that the Old Testament is full of content for us to, to read and to study and that it's necessary for us in our growth. Um, you know, back in the Old Testament, like you were saying earlier, sacrifices, you know, dead sacrifices were sufficient, kind of. And then Christ was the ultimate sacrifice, and so animals were no longer necessary. But then what is necessary? It's human sacrifice, not, you know, some like Kali Ma way, but in like a uh, just normal living sacrifice not dead sacrifices and so this idea is just such a blessing i think that we are to yield fully to be uh, instruments of god's righteousness i think is really what we're being called to uh, being used by god uh, as means for him to call his people to himself amen that's good okay i think we're gonna land the plane there for t- for this podcast uh and next week we're gonna we're gonna pick back up with uh with this thought uh so i am greg the scott i hope today was a great blessing uh for you and that it encourages you and encourages you to give yourself completely to god so as your host i'm greg the scott i want to thank you for listening i had with me the marvelous mick thank you for having me rexosaurus rex always a pleasure rexosaurus rex and the melody Bye. It was nice being here. God bless, and thanks for listening.